You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Our guest today was on a lot of pharmaceuticals and muscle relaxants to get her through the pain from a very serious back problem. Thanks to cannabis oil, she is now off all her painkillers. And joining us from Florida is Sue Peer. Sue, good of you to do this. Thanks very much. Hey, glad to be here. How did you injure your back? You know, I don't even have a good story. I literally woke up with it one morning. I The best that um, the doctors and I were able to determine was I had just had a surgery for my right rotator cuff about a week previous. And uh, when you're recovering from that, you have to, when you sleep, you have to be sort of elevated and then rolled away from the affected shoulder. So um, I was basically sleeping with some pressure on my left hip. Now, I, I was an x-ray tech and a memo tech for years and years and did a lot of nights. Uh, so I did a lot of moving my own patients and stuff. It's a physical job. You know, the best that we can think of is it just sort of might have been weakened already. May not, You know, we don't even know. And it just I just woke up with it that morning. I had a horrible pain really deep in my left, like my left hip. And uh, I went to, uh, I'm a martial artist, and I figured, okay, I can run this off at the track. It's probably, you know, muscle spasm. So took my sling and my arm and everything to the track and, you know, did some running, walking kind of thing. And when I went to stretch, I kind of did a straddle stretch, and I looked down to my left, towards my left leg and saw my left ankle was crumpled, but I couldn't feel it. And I was, you know, that that's that's not good. So, you know, brought it immediately to the doctor and had foot drop and they were going to do, um, you know, they were talking emergency back surgery. And I said, well, we have to try something first because I'm not going straight to that if I can help it. So they did um, cortisone injections um, around my spine and they, they, we did three around uh, three rounds of that. I was driving in Miami from Fort Lauderdale for those. And um, they said, if that didn't work, I have to have the surgery. Well, that did take down the swelling enough to stop making everybody scared. Um, but it still left me with, you know, the damage. So that's that's kind of how it came about. Who said it wasn't a good story? That's a fantastic story. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, if I had, you know, been, been bungee jumping or something, it would have been way cooler. I mean, I just woke up with a pain in my butt, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I got, so... <laughs> So what uh, what did you do next? That, I was not able to go back to work after that, which was you know very depressing. Um, I had I was a single parent of a um, middle school aged child, and uh, so basically it was you know it had disability. So I was trying to get better. I was trying to do we did some therapy. I mean, so we went straight to painkillers and and those sorts of things. Um, and they just basically told me they had to, we had to wait and kind of, and see what happened, but it was, it was just, it was a lot of pain. And, um, I was already on medication for, for bipolar disorder and, um, and suffered from depression, anxiety, those sorts of things. So this didn't help that at all, you know, on top of losing my livelihood and that kind of thing. So it was just a waiting game. I didn't know what what was going to happen to my life. I had to, you know, it was a matter of trying to see if I could get my back healthy. And at the time, you know, the doctors don't, 
this group of doctors weren't weren't really pointing me towards getting it healthy. They were pointing me towards uh, taking the pills to get rid of the pain, so I was not in pain. And um, they, the, you know, they were giving me. Um, they started me on uh, roxycodones, and uh, in addition to like muscle relaxers, like somas and um, th- those sorts of things. Uh, t- uh, uh, what's the other one? I remember the generic is tizanidine, I think. But uh, so lots of those. And uh, then, of course, you know, the depression was amping up and the anxiety because of the lack of income. So mm-hmm. they started ramping up the um, Xanax and uh, just it turned into a big, you know, my life became sort of when my next pills were due kind of thing, you know. Well, I noticed when you wrote us, you said you were on eight milligrams or eight. um do do do. What was eight, it? Eight milligrams of eight Xanax. Eight milligrams of Xanax a day. Yeah, yeah. and then three roxycodone, yep. and uh, then three muscle relaxants, and uh, six to eight hundred milligrams of ibuprofen. Yep. Wow. And uh, plus sleeping pills, and I couldn't sleep. So, you know, I would, no sleeping pills, but then I would, I mean, that was a nightmare because I had, my daughter and I had to move into a little tiny one bedroom apartment and we shared a bed. And I mean, she, she doesn't talk about it, but I remember, um, you know, there were times when with the sleeping pills, they would make me, because sometimes they could make people like, like sleepwalk or sleep, like do stuff while you're sort of sleeping kind of, but you know, and, um, I would go, I would get up and go and get like a bowl of cereal and come back in the bedroom and then like fall asleep and, and into my food and that kind of thing. It was awful. And she'd be like in the bed with me and it was, it was, um, yeah, it was just very constipated because of all the pain medication. I was having to take like a lot of stool softeners just to, you know, any, keep any semblance irregular. And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. She had to do, you know, cooking. So we were buying food, you know, basically from the frozen food section that she could do simple stuff and, you know, or not something, you know, she actually got kind of good at it, <laughs> but, um, it was absolutely miserable. It was just, just miserable. I was existing and that's all I was doing really. Sue, would it be fair to say that because of the pain that you were addicted to painkillers? Yes. And you know, it's, it's, uh, it was something that at the time I didn't even want to think about because I, I, felt that I needed them. So even if I had a dependency, I tried to rationalize it to myself, but Oh heck yeah. I was, you know, if when I, I knew darn well when I was due for a pill because my body, I just start to you get that craving, you know, and, uh, it was, it was, uh, if it wasn't readily handled, you know, right there, it would, I would just, I, I would just, my anxiety would just go through the roof and I just, and I would get sick. I would literally get, if for some reason I was separated from them or I hadn't brought them with me, if I went out of the house or something, it was, uh, I, I would literally get sick. I'd start to get, you know, just, just like see things and hallucinate. And it, it was, it was horrible. It was real bad. Where did you see your life going once, once you were hooked on these pharmaceutical drugs? I didn't, um, I didn't even know. I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I tried not to think about it because I didn't, it, it was too scary to think about. I didn't know. I couldn't work. I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't get out of bed. I was literally bedridden. I was, um, if I left the house, it was to go, um, like to go to the grocery store. And then my daughter had to do everything. And that was like, I didn't, it was awful. I I didn't, uh, I had no clue what was going to happen. And I was so worried about her because I, I, I hated what I had become and I hated what I was showing her, you know, this sort of invalid mother kind of thing, you know, and it was, it was awful. I I had no idea what was going to happen. That must have been tough for you because you said uh, initially that you were a martial artist as well. Yes, yes, I was. Uh, I'm actually I have a second degree black belt in martial arts. My daughter has a first degree, and uh, both of us, you know, we started when she was seven. I wanted to do something she and I, and yeah, we worked very hard at that. And I was, I think, I had just, uh, 
I just got my second degree right around when I became injured. So it was, uh, yeah, it was real tough. So how did you break through and get off these painkillers? A friend of mine uh, told me about Corey and, and, and mentioned the, the cannabis oil to me, the Rick Simpson oil. And um, I figured, I'll, you know, I'll try anything once. I was using at the time, I was, um, I kind of have always you know, use cannabis. I smoked it, uh, you know, from, for years. And it's, I've always known that it helped me with the anxiety and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's always been so vilified that it just never really, you know, it didn't even occur to me. I was using it for medicine. I just knew it made me feel better. I don't it made me feel better. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, that my friend told me about Corey and, uh, I, she said it was okay to Skype her, so I, that's exactly what I did, and I found her on Facebook as well. And uh, uh, when I told Corey uh, everything was going on at the time, I was more looking at it for try, hope, ho, you know, hoping that it would would uh, help my back, help the nerve damage, and help you know, help the damage. And um, she had, uh, and that's kind of how we were, how I was approaching it. So she had said that she um, had you know seen people uh, who had had you know damage with nerves and that kind of thing at least find some pain relief if nothing else. So you know, I figured I'd, I'd, I would try anything. And I had to, I had to actually, um, I think the first round of five milligrams that I got, I think of the same friend that, uh, turned me on to Corey, um, lent me the money to, to get it. Cause I didn't have, I was having trouble putting food on the table, but it just became something I knew I wanted to do. So that's kind of how that, uh, how that came about. When did you, um, or what happened when you first started taking the oil? Did you notice anything immediately, Sue? Yes. Yeah. She says, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I, I, I the first time I took it, I guess I was, uh, you know, I got an advice to take a half, you know, a half a grain of rice size to, to start with, and um, the, decided right away that that was the on the out on the outer edge of about how I could handle it because I I, I uh, became a little incoherent. But I what I, I the first thing I noticed, I could sleep through the night which I hadn't been able to do since I got hurt, since I hurt myself. Um, Cause I was just, and you, and the thing is that you would think with all of that, all that medicine that I should be knocked out on my butt, but I know I had trouble sleeping through the night and I noticed that I could sleep through the night and I woke up in the morning with a fresh night's sleep and it was just amazing. So that was really the first thing that I noticed. But, and now, but and the other thing too, was that the pain, you know, it, 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 it uh, moderated the pain. It made it, uh, I was able to walk around. Um, I was able to actually come out and sit on the couch and, you know, uh, and hang out with my daughter. And that was, um, that would be the second thing. So sleep first. And then I noticed that it was starting to alleviate the pain. And I bet you the third thing was you had a smile on your face. Yeah, I did. I was, it was, uh, well, for two reasons. First of all, just being happy about the pain, you know, alleviation. I, that was just amazing to me. I, I didn't, uh, I hadn't expected that to happen quite so quickly. And, uh, and, and it did, and it, and it helped me, you know, with the depression as well, because I just had been so down and it was just such a, to me, it just felt like a hopeless situation. And um, it was, I, I felt like I had new hope, you know, it really gave me some hope. Well, I think the pain too makes you depressed as well. Oh yeah, it's it's miserable. It it takes over your life. You know, it just you know when you're in pain, you know, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You know, and then it turned into three hundred sixty five days a year. You know, it, it's uh, 
it it just takes over your life. It takes over your moods. It takes over the way you you your whole outlook. And you know the other thing is at the time once I started getting once the, after that first round of injections I got the cortisone injections they started doing them uh, every ninety days, and um, we did them every ninety days. It, we actually did it for a couple of years. It, it was a couple of years for the, at, at that point, and uh, they were. I mean, when I was on day eighty nine. I was, for example, literally one day I was laying on the floor in my doctor's waiting room because there was nowhere to sit and I couldn't sit and they couldn't take me in right away. I was laying on the floor and crying because I just, it was 90 days and I needed the shot just like in the movie with, you know, and, um, um, it was bad. And, um, once I started, um, well, when, when I would get the, when I would get my injections after, um, they were for the first couple of weeks, really probably for the first two or three to four weeks, once I got the injections, um, was the most uh, pain relief that I had. But then it would just start going downhill to where by day 89, it was it was horrible. And once I started with the oil, um, this is fast-forwarding just a little bit, but just to make the point, uh, once, I start, once I went on to the oil and did one round, with, uh, one round of it, I... Um, uh, my injections, I was able to put further and further space in between them. Um, I've done two rounds of the oil for my uh, for for healing purposes, and right now I'm actually at uh, month seven, and I still haven't uh, I haven't gotten them this year yet. That's the furthest away I've been able to. Uh, that's the furthest apart I've been able to get them. So I've gone from ninety days religiously to now I'm able to go right now at seven months without injections. Good for you, Sue. Um, Sue, yeah. when you say round of oil, are you talking five grams? Yes, I, I was. That's all I was able to afford. So I did, but I did uh, the first five grams. I used uh, mainly to. Well, I wanted to try it, but then I used it to mainly um, get off of the medications, and that's what that was for. And then the second one, I I got that because I wanted to continue the healing process. So, do you take cannabis oil every day? Not right now. Not no, now. I'm not, doing it. not now. No, no, no. Okay. I did it. Um, I did it. Uh, let's see. That was. Uh, Last spring, I think, was that second time I, around I did it. Um, no, I'm sorry. Last spring? Yeah, I think it was last spring. Um, was the second time. But uh, I, when I had it, I was taking it every, twice a day. The, that half grain of rice twice a day, uh, morning and night. So if I'm understanding correctly, what you're saying is you, at some level, no longer require cannabis to no, keep you going. I don't. I would, uh, I think actually, um, although it, it's funny you should mention that I was going to, I do want to try the, I think I want to use the CBD oil because I think that's going to be, I've been researching that one and, uh, I think that's going to be, um, that might do some positive things as far as continuing the healing. Um, I don't know if I, nece- I, I, I have to look into it. I don't know if I necessarily need the higher THC or not. I was thinking the CBD might be better, but I do want to continue something to, to keep the process going. Um, but I'm sort of in the middle of trying to decide what I want to do with that. Well, it sounds like you've made leaps and bounds from where you were. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, I'm a completely different person. Completely different life. Yes, absolutely. Different in what respect? I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I go to the gym, uh, probably five days a week. Um, I, uh, it's, you know, I have, when I go to the gym, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's usually the biggest thing I do that day because I'm still not, I mean, my biggest hard, the hardest thing for me still is actually sitting for periods of time just because of where the damage is. But I am able to go to the gym and I'm able to, um, I started doing some, you know, some yoga and some stretching and stuff, which, you know, my doctor had always recommended that I do. Um, he thought that it would help me, but I was always in too much pain to be able to do it. 
I've been able to do that, which is which is uh, once I got the pain under control, I was able to do other things to help me get better, to help heal. You know, plus the fact I'm able to, I mean, I can go to the grocery store and do all the things that I'm supposed to do. I can take care of my house. My daughter used to do all my cleaning. Um, I can do all of the things that, that, that one does when one lives a life, you know, and, and one is not completely incapacitated by pain and medication. So you've gone from being bedridden to going to the gym five days a week. Yes, ma'am, I have. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, one of the things that when you go to the gym, I was talking to a woman in Seattle uh, the other day, and she has MS, and she used to be a runner. She used to run six to seven miles, uh, five, six days a week, and she ended up with MS, walking with a cane. And when she goes to the gym, she uses one of these rollers that you can roll your your thighs on and parts right. of your body. And because we hold emotions within our body, and then they become painful and they form knots. And uh, she does that, and it helps her a lot. It hurts. There's no question. Right. I, I've done it at the gym, and it, it it hurts. But it really is great for your back. And maybe that's right. something that you should uh, you th- you should think about. They've got one at my gym, and uh, I wh- where it really gets me is I get I think is it the IT band I think that goes from the outside of your hip down to the outside of your knee, and that for me my my probably my biggest secondary challenge with my with my back has always been my hips tightening up due to, it's the concomitant damage you know on either side of the uh, of the injury, mm-hmm. so my hips get very very tight and it's it's a constant sort of uh, thing I have to work on to keep them loose, but they do have one of those foam rollers at the gym. And boy, I tell you, I'm teaching people around me new words sometimes when I use those things, but they really do make a difference. But boy, howdy, they don't feel good at all. And you know, another trick that I saw Daniel Vitalis use, uh, I think he's in Michigan, Uh, he said that throughout history, people, when they went to the bathroom, always squatted down. Uh-huh. And he says, try and squat down now. And most people, it's very difficult because when we sit, it's in uh, um, it's not a natural position for human beings. And if, right. you, if you go to ancient cultures, you'll pe- see people sitting around or squatting around the fire. And uh, so I tried it, and man, I had just had a incredible pain within my left knee that I injured in the gym. And I've been doing it the last week. You know, it just takes uh, a minute to do. Because like you, I have tight hips and it impacts my back. But you would be surprised at how it loosens up your hips and the pain in my left knee is starting to dissipate. And it all it, di- all it does is you just hold on to something, squat down, see how long you can hold it and stand up and that's it. And just do it every day. See, I would, I, I, that's worth a try for me. I, I'll tell you right now, my biggest challenge isn't going to be the squat. It's going to be the getting out of getting it. Getting back up. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. I can get down there, but I'm going to need somebody to assist me getting up there. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, my knees are not what they used to be either. So, I mean, I'd be, it's, uh, it's been, I mean, part of my, uh, well, I've, had, I've had surgery, well, I've had scopes on both my knees, you know, and then I had the shoulder surgery, and my hips have been, just a bear ever since the back injury. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can be a hot mess, but it's it's uh, it's nowhere near what uh, what it used to be for sure. When you got off all your medications and you were taking the cannabis oil and you stopped the cannabis oil, were you somewhat apprehensive that some of the discomfort would return? Yes, I was. I was. I was. Um, 
I was really worried about it. I wasn't, well, you know, I, I, I guess there was part of me that was, but then there was part of me that figured, you know, when I would, uh, I figured it was healing me and I really didn't think whatever healing had happened was going to go away. I was, um, I, I guess my biggest concern was I wanted to continue the healing and I was kind of bummed. I didn't have any more at the time. You know, the first, the first round that I did, um, for getting off the medication, when I was getting off the medications, that was hard hard and i wasn't um i've had a i've had a couple of people who are sort of in the same boat as me ask me about that and they're just very intimidated about trying to get off of these things on their own without going into a rehab or something and uh it it wasn't easy but uh it was it was uh you know by the time i got a, you know through the first round of it um i was off the medicine and i really i guess i really kind of wasn't worried about the 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 bad badness coming back i think i was it was just more that i I wished i had you know more of it to continue instead of having to have a gap there yeah we've talked to a number of people over the course of the last several months who have been on uh painkillers and pharmaceutical drugs Corey, and they are nasty nasty Mm -hmm. things Uh, very difficult for people to get off some sometimes it takes sometimes people can get off within weeks Others, it takes months, and some people, it would take up to a year, year. depending on how, yeah. much, how much they're on. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, I think it was uh, Jeff Waters in Colorado at one time was on 22 separate pharmaceutical drugs. I think so, yes. Yeah, it was COPD. COPD. Yeah. Pharmaceutical companies aren't going to like cannabis. No. No, and I wish... Uh <laughs> I wish we could just get it everywhere already and just let us heal ourselves. It, it's it's uh, I you know it's been a culture that we've uh, that I've grown up in. I mean, I used to work in the medical profession as well, so it's been um, it's been an education for me the last couple of years. Um, in uh, it's sort of, it's sort of led to other things. It's led me looking into different ways to heal myself of other things that are not necessarily popping a pill. And I mean, it, I was very uh, pleased that I was able to. Uh, it probably took me. It, it was probably about eight weeks. It was eight or ten weeks, I think, that the, the oil lasted the first time. Is what it took me to get off of the medicines. And I was worried that I was going to run out of oil before I was off of them, but I was able to do it. The, the more research that I do ever since you know going through all this and and, and learning about the oils and, and using them and that kind of thing the more research i do it's i just it's just crazy how much is out there that is not a pill but we've gotten so as a culture we've gotten away from using those things you know the natural things and just it, we've gotten so accustomed to popping pills for things it's, it's just it's a shame to me it just you know and, and down here in florida there is such a there is such a problem with opiate addiction you know and turning into heroin addiction and turning you know it's it's just flipping people over because they find you know people are going for one thing or another to the doctor they're getting put on what i guess i guess it's not happening quite so quickly anymore but a lot of the damage is already done where they're going for something getting popped onto an opiate and then their opiates go away and they're addicted so you know they start to buy them on the street and then they find that the heroin is cheaper than the than the pills so then they just start getting heroin it's it's just awful. It's been awful. I, you know, the rest of the country has got that issue too, but I know Florida has really had a problem with it. Sue, so has your doctor phoned you and said, "Where are you for your cortisone shot?" <laughs> they, uh, I, I just had actually an, an, an approval uh, go through um, a couple of weeks ago, and they did call me, and they were like, "Okay, you're ready to set up your shot?" And I said, "Well, you know, I'm not going to do that quite yet. I'll give you a call back, kind of thing." So, I haven't. Uh, and and, the, and the, ironically, this particular doctor, 
um, you know, he I've been able to be open with him about um, the use of the oil and the use of cannabis in general. Um, he's real good about it. And, you know, he's, you know, perfectly happy when he knows that that kind of thing can help me. I have gone through a couple of different doctors where um, I have just as a part of my history have told them, you know, I use cannabis for my anxiety and depression. I use the oil to get off of the medicine and to make my back better. And it's, you know, the the finger shaking and what finger wagging in my face that I've gotten from them. And, you know, I had them put in my chart uh, that I'm a, I'm addicted to cannabis and, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. It's just craziness. Just, you know, it's I've, I've gone through several doctors trying to find them, you know, find ones that will be you know, accepting of the fact that I found something that actually works for me, you know, and I know it's, I know it's, you know, and the one that I have now, um, my pain management guy, you know, he'll say, you know, you know, I can't tell you to go do this because it's illegal. I said, you know, I'll say, yes, I understand that. And he'll say, okay, but other than that, it's working for you, huh? You know, <laughs> so, and he's ready to subscribe, you know, prescribe, uh, sorry, when, you know, whenever it becomes possible, you know, so I'm kind of holding out for that and hoping that that ends up being the next time I see him rather than for injections. You can give them the finger wave back. Heck yeah! Well, this well the one I got's good. It's just the rest of them uh-huh. are just geez, it's crazy. You know, it's it's crazy. They just run to vilify you for, you know. Well, this is natural and makes me feel better, but it's not a drug, so you're bad. You know, and I just you know, come on, guys. No, it is it is crazy. <laughs> How has the cannabis oil helped you with your bipolar and depression? It's uh, made. It's really leveled me out a lot. Um, you know, it's funny because I don't, I wasn't paying as much attention to all of that as I was my pain when I was going, when I was doing what I was doing with the oil. Um, but um, I was able to, I mean, my, my biggest consideration was getting off the Xanax because that stuff is evil and I didn't want to be on it anymore. That was, a, that was probably harder than the opiates to get off of. That was really bad. Um, but then I found that I was able to um, also get off of the antidepressants and of the mood stabilizers. I guess like I kind of went from being, you know, I mean, just some, I was, it was so unpredictable. I mean, sometimes I'd be perfectly fine, but then if I had, you know, if I get hit with the depression, it would just really bottom me out horribly. Or if I get, you know, get hit with the anxiety, I mean, I'd be at work and I have to go in a corner and burst into tears just, you know, for nothing. And it it was, it was tough to work like that sometimes. Um, that being said, I mean, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that I, uh, I don't, um, you know, I'm mean, have my days anymore, you know, and it's, it's, you know, sometimes some days are better than others, but I've, I've gotten to the point where I don't feel like I need medications to regulate it. And I found that, uh, you know, I've just been able to sort of accept that, you know, there's going to be some days when I'm just going to have a rough day and that's okay because tomorrow's, you know, a different one. And I wasn't able to do that, you know, years ago, I wasn't able to, 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 to get myself through it. And I felt like I needed help getting through it. And, um, that that's that's become completely different. Just really a lot easier to handle a da- you know daily living for well, me. The, the phrase you used is re- re- uh, I find is really interesting because you said uh, the cannabis helped you get you through it, whereas previously you couldn't get through it. It was almost like you're stuck. Right. Right. Yeah, but the cannabis oil helped you. Do you have yes. any desire to get back on cannabis oil on a regular basis? You talked about CBD. Yeah, I would. Uh, I I really do want to. I want to. I I feel like uh, from what I've been reading and additional research and stuff, um, especially the CBD oil might be uh, helpful to me in continuing the healing um, in my of the in the nerve damage that's been done. Um, I'm not. Uh, I haven't quite figured out if that's the right direction or if I need to stay with a high THC. But yes, as a matter, I do. I, I want to get. I do want to. Uh, 
figure out which one is going to be best for me. I have to I have a few people I need to ask some questions. But uh, yeah, whenever I do figure out what's best, I do want to get back into trying that again. Well, you can try the, uh, the, the high THC on weekends and have some fun. Exactly. And I can also do that. I mean, that, that one's fine as long as I'm sleeping, and it'll help me sleep, too. It's just the, the – I was thinking about uh, – that's one thing I was thinking about is doing that at night and then doing the CBD oil in the morning so I wouldn't have to worry so much about how it was going to affect me and my productivity, as it were. So, <laughs> It's interesting to talk to you because you don't sound like you were a depressive person. You sound, uh, uh, you sound very really upbeat, al- and- upbeat, alive. Yeah. yeah, that's you know, and that's pretty much me. And I've, um, I, I, uh, I, I, I think I tended more towards the manic than the depressive. Um, I would get my crashes. I think the the the, the manic was there was behaviors that were um, just not really good. Without getting too crazy, but. Uh, descriptions and stuff but you know i didn't uh that was something that i mean i could could, if i looked all the way back into you know my early teen years going forward you know i was i just kind of acted out a lot just really a lot and uh it was there was lack of control and there was lack of um a sort of mental discipline and you know there was just substance abuses and those sorts of things and you know, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's all stuff that I really, I'm really happy to put behind me. Um, I don't, uh, yeah, cause normally it's the truth. I am, I'm basically a happy person and I am really upbeat. And, um, when the depressions would hit, they would be, and they would last sometimes, you know, days or a week. Sometimes I would just, I wouldn't want to open the blinds. And, uh, and I knew that that wasn't me. That wasn't, that wasn't the kind of person that I am. So that made it even worse. Just knowing that, you know, something was doing this to me, but, um, I don't, I couldn't tell you how long it's been since I felt like that. If I have a bad day right now, it's basically, it, it, you know, it'll last, it'll be exactly that. It'll be a day. And the next morning it's, it's reset and the next morning is better. And, um, that's, that's something that I've not been able to experience that I wasn't able to experience before I started with the oil. Are you on any medications today? I don't mean not, no, I, no no I don't uh, there's nothing that I take regularly I have um I have backups I mean I do have muscle relaxers in the house and I do have painkillers in the house but I couldn't even tell you the last time I took a painkiller and the muscle relaxers I probably uh, there's an, every once in a while if I overdo it like I mean I just went to um uh, we went on a trip over the weekend this past weekend and I basically spent about uh, just about 20 hours in the car back and forth and I did take one when I got home because it, I was a little tweaked but you know recovery is you know the next day is you know much better whereas before if I did something to my you know to hurt my back more than you know more than it was it would take it days or a week to get back on track again um, so yeah, no, I'm not taking anything at all for anything regularly or on a daily basis, not at all. Sounds like you got your life back. Yeah, it really does. I, I uh, the, 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 my biggest goal for myself right now is trying to get physically in shape because still my back, um, it's, it's, it's tough to do what I need to do to really burn the calories and stay active enough to lose weight. I'm going through menopause too. It's not helped me at, at all. Um, trying to stay moving enough to to stay in a reasonable amount of shape. I lost a lot of endurance during the couple of years that I was really down, and uh, I went from being fairly athletic and you know in reasonable shape to uh, not so much. So it's it's been a very slow process, um, especially at my age. Cause I'm 54, so you know trying to build muscle and 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 
you know, those sorts of things at this age is it's, it's more of a challenge than it was in my twenties, you know, and I was always, you know, my whole life, I've always been a gym rat. I've always been active and, uh, not being able to do that was a real, uh, downer for me, but, um, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating not to be able to jump back in and do stuff, but I'm uh, perseverance is sort of my, that's my word. That's my keyword to everything. I don't ever give up on anything. So that's, I just keep my nose to the grindstone and I figure I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be okay as long as I keep working at it. Sue doing anything at our age is more difficult than in, in our twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm finding that. I'm really not liking it, but that's what I'm finding. <laughs> you got to like it because there's no choice. I don't. I don't choose to like it. I just choose to deal with it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sue, a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thanks very much for this. It was great. You're a lot of fun. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it, Ian. Thank you. And thanks, Corey. Thank you so much, Sue. And that's it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.